No, it was it was funny as hell when uh, when you messaged me. I literally was, and I hate saying it like this. I was literally in your DMs when you DM me. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we've been thirsty to get this podcast back up, go, up and going. I, oh man, no, it's uh, it was funny. I was thinking about the episode t- title today. I was like, we need to call it. We've got jobs, damn it. Now nah, it works. That is definitely uh that's a good working title. We can start from there, absolutely. That that's a good relief too cuz sometimes the hardest part is coming up with a title. But now we've gotten that out of the way and uh and we can just go ahead and get back into whatever the hell number podcast this is. Right. I don't even know which one this is. It's like this is a uh, you know, you've seen the Blues Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know when they're um when they're doing their little intro from when they're go when they're coming off off uh, off the highway, and they're going to the show, and he's talking, and the dude's talking about how they've been touring Scandinavia and in Europe and all that. Basically, they've been in jail, and they show up, and everybody looks at them like, "Took you so long?" That would be us. This is actually going to be episode number forty nine. Hey. Episode number 49 of the Haterade Cooler Podcast. That is the name, the Haterade Cooler Podcast. We're very rusty. Yes. The Haterade Cooler Podcast. That is Around the Haterade Cooler, Haterade Cooler Podcast. Whichever you like. We, our branding is inconsistent. Uh, we should probably work on that. Uh, but uh, whatever you call it, uh, it's back. And uh, that is still Andrew Hammond on the other side. I am still Dan Lucero. Uh, we are still alive and well and watching sports and hating on people, places, and things. Uh, we just have a lot less time to get together and chop it up because uh, as the title of the podcast that you just heard us reference uh, like five seconds ago suggests, we have jobs. Damn it. It has been a busy time uh, of our year. It will continue to be uh, a busy time right up until about March when, uh, when, when Kansas State gets bounced out of the second round of the NIT. Oh, I can't wait for that. That, I uh, cannot wait. Rough go of it for the cats lately. Uh, you know, it's worse. But by the way, um, are you okay with this being episode 49? You know, I made my peace with the number 49. Uh, okay. I'm glad you okay. asked. I have made my peace <laughs> with the number 49. I was able to make my peace with the number 49 once uh, the number 49 no longer referenced the worst way that any team has ever lost a Super Bowl championship. Uh, no, I, 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 are you sure nobody has, you know, had a complete meltdown in a Super Bowl since since Super Bowl Forty Nine? Uh, I, I, I heard a story. Funny. I heard a rumor. I heard oh yeah, a rumor. story about a about a man named Brady. Uh, I heard a rumor that a team had a twenty five point lead in the second half of a Super Bowl. And let that get away somehow. In no way. The, Cle- the Cleveland Browns weren't in the Super Bowl. The only team I can think of who would do that is, oh my God, the Atlanta Falcons. Very Falcon thing to do. Oh, that was the worst thing ever. Okay. I Because we didn't talk during the Super Bowl. I don't think we talked much Super Bowl. No, nah, we really after, didn't. But I, to me, it felt like... The more the game went on, the less you decided to trust Atlanta. Even when they were leading, I'm like, mm. 
They're they're gonna they're gonna screw this up, aren't they? Hey, maybe that's you. I thought it was over. I thought twenty five point lead. This is the Super Bowl. I mean, there's a reason that the previous previous biggest comeback in Super Bowl history was ten points. And the reason for that is if you get to the Super Bowl, generally you're really good and you don't blow yeah. a lot of leads. So generally, yeah, you get a ten point lead over somebody, that should be uh or a seventeen point lead or a twenty four or even a twenty five point lead. Mm. Those things ought to be automatic. I mean, that's game over. That's that's finito. That's uh, that's you know start uh, thinking about how you're going to spend that Super Bowl bonus money. Start thinking about what what your ring is going to look like. And uh, then it all went away from the Atlanta Falcons. And yeah, I just I, felt bad for the strippers in Atlanta. I mean, that was going to be their Super Bowl. I mean, it was going to be money <laughs> raining down. I mean, they still might be partying. <laughs> And then you know you know how you know athletes you know they have incentives in their contracts and they all know yeah. them and so you know they come up on that thousand yards they come up on that you know one hundred catches or whatever it is yeah. they spend that money in their head right like, oh they yeah. got that money spent like uh, yeah. I felt bad for my man uh, who was it for the was it for the Rams Kendricks who had a five hundred receiving yard bonus in his contract and he got to four ninety nine but and that cost him like twenty five grand like he had he had that money spent. Like Thanks, he had, he had the watch. He had the new fits. He had everything in his head. He knew what he was going to spend with that twenty-five k, and then he didn't get that twenty-five k, and all that stuff that he had spent went up in a puff of smoke in his head. That is the experience of every Atlanta area exotic dancer as uh, James White crossed the plane in overtime. There was a lot of spent money. That was a second car. That was uh, that was some new jewelry. That was the that was that was a shoes. second car in cash. <laughs> it was in cash. That could have been the most legendary night in the history of the Atlanta strip club scene. And I'm sorry, uh, but I don't even think it was an over. I don't even think it was overtime. I think it was when Tom Brett, when they tied it in regulation. I don't know about you, but once that happened, I there was no way Atlanta was winning that game. Like they were dead. They just looked dead. Yeah, it was over. It was it was over at that point and you know, we had all our jokes, and now it's the Falcons who take the brunt of all the humor for blowing a lead. Uh, it took it takes the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty Nine off the hook. It takes the Warriors and the Indians. No, off no, the it hook. doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, the, the Indians, yeah, because more it was more of oh my god, the Cubs won the World Series, and then it was like oh yeah, the Indians blew a three one lead. I had Cleveland not come back, then yeah, we could probably make fun of the Indians. But, I mean, come on. The Warriors is so much better. And it puts a smile on my face. Still to this day. Yes. Thinking about it now. You know, I respect that, though. I do. I respect that. Um, By the way, there's a a quick update. Um, My team still sucks, so... uh, Your beloved Cleveland Brownies. First pick in the draft. Kill me now. Hey, you'll be drafting a guy who has already gone on record on ESPN saying he doesn't want to play there. So, good start. Well, you know, if Miles Garrett goes to Cleveland, it's going to make all the sense in the world. You want to know why? Why? Because Miles Garrett got stopped by the weakest part of a decent K-State offensive line. 
But no, no, let's make him the first pick in the draft. Well, I, I, I think he was I, – I don't think he ever got out of second gear in the Alamo Bowl. But, oh, uh, no, he just coasted. <laughs> that's uh, – that is neither here nor there. But yeah, we uh, we have we've missed a lot. Uh, it's been a couple of months since we did one of these. Uh, we missed uh, we missed a great college football national championship. Uh, we missed a uh, we missed a great uh, Super Bowl. It was a great game, memorable game. Uh, we missed uh, we missed some NBA. Uh, I am uh, I am proud to say that uh, my NBA interest is much higher than it has been in recent years. Uh, that may yeah, be, that that's is, right. That is for two reasons. Uh, one, I uh, I broke a six-year streak and bought NBA 2K this year. Uh, oh, so I'm so proud of you. I gave in. I, I feel I'm, like a proud parent. I'm playing NBA 2K. Uh, I got some thoughts on that in a little bit. But okay. uh, the the other thing is uh, my beloved Denver Nuggets uh, appear to have lucked into a bona fide star player in Nikola Jokic, who was a second-round pick two years ago and now is – like the platonic ideal of the point center out there racking up triple doubles like it's nothing. My swaggiest large Serbian son, Nikola Jokic, <laughs> a true Yo, star in the game. Son, my son. <laughs> he uh, is. He's my youngest, burliest Balkan son. <laughs> oh, because you have several. I do. <laughs> the, I- the, the the Lucero jeans are small in the uh, in, in the Balkans or the are large in the Balkans. Now we well, out here. I got some, I got, we got some Yugoslavian in my blood. I got hey. uh, yeah. Try try our family's potitsa recipe. I'll show you what's up. <laughs> I bet well, you, I bet you Nikola Jokic knows what that is. <laughs> well, if your son is doing well, then my son Isaiah Thomas. Oh I yes, your more. most your most diminutive son. Hey. He is small in stature, but he is mighty in talent. And you know what? I hate saying the injuries that that people luck on injuries, but uh, don't look now. Boston has a chance to make a move into the number one spot in the East. I did not see that coming. You and uh, everybody else. But uh, no, I see that. I see where I see where the C's are playing well, even uh, even though they not, did not get Kevin Durant this off season. Uh, uh, they, or uh, or they won't be getting DeMarcus Cousins. No, it doesn't look like they're getting a, doesn't look like they're getting that. But they have they have Isaiah Thomas, and that is I mean the trick in this league. And, oh, by the way, Boston could get the number one pick. <laughs> yeah, they really could because the Nets are gutter garbage, and they have all of their picks for like the next six years. Is that right? Basically, uh, so, 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 so the draft night deal that had me kicking people out of my apartment because I always invite people over to watch the NBA draft uh, is now basically Boston sitting on a gold mine and the, the, the Nets are so bad they're kicking the Islanders out of Barclays Center. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. I'm happy now. Well – the, the interesting thing, we've talked about it in the NBA over the last handful of years, is you, you don't win. It, and it really kind of started once, you know, when, when Boston put their big three together and they won a title. It made it very clear that, you know, it was all about uh, it was all about putting your star players together. You had to have a team full of stars. You had to have the big star to build around. And that was how you were going to win championships. Championships were going to be decided where the best players were playing. So yep. that's where you had the Celtics in their big three. He had Kobe win a title, and you had LeBron go and win a couple in Miami. 
but now the the neat thing is is that stars are popping up all over from out of nowhere. I mean, oh, absolutely. Steph Curry was a lottery pick, but nobody thought Steph Curry was going to be, you know, face of Under Armour two-time MVP Steph Curry when he got drafted. Nobody yeah, saw that. Yeah, no, no, nobody saw that coming. And, it's, it's, it's crazy how the league has developed in this wide, you know, they've cast a wide net of stars. I feel like it's because the game is evolving, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, it, it has, and it's been a bunch of different faces and different types of players that have sort of become superstars. I mean, it's not just, you know, oh, you have to have that 6'8 point forward like LeBron who's just a who's built like a linebacker and is just an absolute freak of nature, and if you don't have a guy like that, you can't do anything. Uh, it's it's players like Isaiah Thomas, who's what, 5'9"? It's yeah. players like Steph Curry who weighs, what, 150 pounds soaking wet? Uh you know, it's it's guys like uh, you know Milwaukee's got one potentially, and and Antetokounmpo. Uh, oh God, the man is an absolute, and, and you know they call him the Greek freak, but this man is literally a genetic marvel, and he's not even reached his because they've talked to like doctors and stuff. He hasn't reached his full like athletic. He's still growing. Dan, he's still growing. He's going to be dunking from the three-point line in like two years. I saw that man catch a pass at midcourt, dribble once, and finish the play with a dunk. That sounds about right. It's it, to describe it like that makes it sound like it was the dunk at the end of Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, and the, the funny thing is, that's all you saw from from Twitter is the, the comparisons. The uh, it is. It's like he is. He's got those long arms like Michael Jordan in Space Jam. I mean. I will say this. I have. I've been a little bit slow to get back into the NBA because my team that I like is not very good. And uh, with respect to the great state of Kansas, it's not a great NBA state, shall we say? Uh, in in the metro cities, it is, and and the college towns, it is. But yeah, you you can't go to like to El Dorado and expect NBA games to be on a regular season game to be on. You know, on an Applebee's. Right, exactly. You just don't want to go to El Dorado for Applebee's anyway. Or really for any reason at all. Hey, hold on now. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I forgot I forgot oh. that uh, Butler Community College is located in El Dorado. You're damn F- right. Fine, fine learning institution. Yeah, that's basically the 13th grade. I, I said fine. I mean, I wasn't totally effusive. I just said it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lie? Uh, no, but, I, I, I see none. But, but think about it, though. Like you, you look at the contending teams, the contending teams in the NBA or the playoff teams in the NBA, the 16 playoff teams, and all of them have players who are like, you know, guys you would tune in to watch on a nightly basis, whether it's Antenna Kumpo for Milwaukee or it's Jokic for Denver or it's John Wall for, for the Wizards or it's Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics. And they're all coming from different places and they're all, you know, we thought, oh, this is going to be the way you have to build your team is you have to stack it. You have to build a super team to compete. No, no, not necessarily. Or, or you have to get, you know, you have to get number one pick. You have to tank and get the number one pick in order to have a superstar caliber player. And granted, there are some teams that have done well with their high picks, but Isaiah Thomas, second round pick, Jokic, second round pick, Antetokounmpo with lower half of the lottery. Uh, Curry was, what, seventh or eighth or ninth overall? Yep. So, 
so that hasn't necessarily held true. And it was also, oh, well, you have to play a certain way. It's going to be pace and space. You have to pay, pace and space is the, is the future of the game. That's the only way you're going to be able to play and win successfully. And that hasn't ended up being true. This league, we thought it was going to become a little bit homogenous, but what's happened is it's actually become more unique, which is making it more interesting to follow. And yet, with all that being said, I mean, we're headed for Cavs Warriors, right? Like, there's nothing stopping that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's prob- that's probably going to happen. But honestly, I would not be shocked with Kevin Love being out for Cleveland for about six to eight weeks. I wouldn't be shocked if we're seeing Cleveland have to go on the road for the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston. If Boston somehow gets to the number one seed, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Celtics fan, I'm just saying this is the NBA is weird. Like this is like the weird time for the NBA season. Like you just start seeing really weird stuff. And I can see Boston eking out the Eastern Conference number one seed by like a game or two. That's all it would be, just a game or two. And we're looking around like, wait, really? But then Cleveland probably wins in like five or six games probably maybe four or five games. So something like that. But in the East, I mean, in the West, no. It's Golden's, Golden State may be moonwalking to the NBA Finals, but, you know, Russell Westbrook may just blow, may try and blow up Oracle Arena uh, in, the, in the first round of the playoffs. By the way, we need to see that in the first round of the playoffs. Please. God, let us. Uh, no, we're, we're getting Nuggets Warriors in round one. Uh, okay, Dan. Look, I'm happy. I'm happy for your Nuggets. Like Thank it's a, it's a cute story. Thank Congratulations. You. But no, I I need to see and KD absolutely beat the Jimmy out of each other in the playoffs. I understand why that's what you need, and in that case, you better be rooting for the Nuggets to overtake the Thunder. Get that seven. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just like, please, for the love of God. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a, a lot of storylines. There will be teams that make things interesting, I think, down the way. But you, you just look at the rosters, and I mean, unless LeBron breaks down, which has shown no signs of happening uh, anytime soon, the Cavaliers are going to be the best team in the East. They have the most talent. They're going to be the best team. And and out West, even though they're not going to go 73-9, and nine, I think they already have nine or ten losses this year already, yep. but it's still very evident that the Warriors just have the best roster. And now Durant and Curry are learning to play with each other, and it's starting to make a little more sense how they sort of interact and how they share space on the floor together. And they're not going to have the win record this year, but they could very easily, you could say, enter the playoffs as a scarier version of the team that was one win away from a championship last year just because of that dynamic coming to fit together better. So Absolutely. It's it's hard for me to see any scenario that doesn't involve a Cavs Warriors final. Now, my question to you, uh, and I guess you've probably kind of already alluded to this, but do you think Boston is the team that has the best chance of being the team in the finals that isn't either of those two teams? Or is there somebody else who has a better chance of disrupting a, uh, a, a trilogy, if you will, in the finals? Maybe Toronto, but it's so hard to gauge that Toronto team. 
and, and even though they're, they're adding uh, Serge Ibaka, which is a great rim protector, oh my god, hey, Golden State, didn't you think about that? Uh, it's... They have a rim protector. They have the great JaVale <laughs> McGee. Who, who has been playing some minutes, by the way. Uh, it's possible, because I don't... I, he's been playing so well, I, I can't see... Zaza Pachulia getting 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 his starting job back. Like there's a different dynamic with him. To me, they're more athletic from five to one across the board. They're more athletic with him on the floor. With Zaza, it was just like okay, let's wait for the elephant to get down here. Uh, but no, I mean it, maybe to, maybe Toronto, but Toronto's too inconsistent offensively for me. Uh, Boston, they need another. To me, they need another big, or they or they need to get a dynamic offensive threat, even more even more so than Isaiah Thomas. But here's the thing, that ain't happening. Uh, Danny Ainge has like a five million draft pick still stockpiled, and they're starting to collect dust. So, I mean, I just I I, I don't see any of it happening, and. All of a sudden, we're looking around like, uh, so I guess it's Cavs Warriors again. I mean, maybe Golden. I mean, maybe San Antonio, but I, 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 I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't I'm see it. Just, I mean, I don't see it with San Antonio. I, I don't. I, they've got. They're they they they're doing it with mirrors. For me. No, they're old. Kawhi Leonard's their only real player you'd really call a great player uh i i don't think they have anything for the warriors in a seven game series they don't uh you mentioned toronto i like their addition of Ibaka, but they're kind of a they're kind of at sixes and sevens right now they're a bit of a mess they blew a 16 point lead to detroit the other night uh who are really bad by the way detroit is not yes good. oh they are not good uh, i'm more focused on like what teams could give those contenders a fun series like the Nuggets with Jokic playing great and shooting the three like crazy, that would be a very fun five-game first-round series against the Warriors. Uh, Giannis versus LeBron would be a very fun five-game series, Bucks and Cavaliers. Like, what uh, You mentioned Thunder Warriors, how much fun that could possibly be. Is, is there a potential playoff pairing that you may be looking forward to uh, more than any other? Houston, Golden State. Because I feel like that... D'Antoni could run. Like he's he his offense is built to run with a team like Golden State. So just for the sheer points in that series, which could probably every every game would probably end up being in the hundreds. Uh, so yeah, I can see that happening. I can totally see that happening. Aside from that, I think we're all just... I mean, there there's some series that may have some intrigue and some drama, but what it all leads to is Cavs-Warriors. Like, that's what we're all looking forward to anyway. Uh, because we, we know that the, those, two, those two teams are just absolutely across the board amazing. I mean, maybe... If the Knicks can somehow, because they're only two games out of the eight spot, which is scary. 
um, knowing that they've been such a complete dumpster fire the last, oh, basically since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, maybe the Knicks and Cavs would be an interesting series because I, I do feel like they have an edge inside. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I feel like Porzingis, I, I, I would take Porzingis over Tristan Thompson. Uh, yeah, I would too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I feel like he could definitely dominate, but the Knicks just, just don't have enough firepower. I mean, nobody does. <laughs> the Knicks are trash. They got a lot of firepower. It's uh, they they try to fire Charles Oakley. Yeah, that sounds sounds about right. But no, I mean, I I look at this Knicks team, and the thing is that they're only two games out of the eighth spot in the East. So. I mean, maybe if they get on a roll, if, if 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 they can get the trade rumors and do something, they can. That's a once again, I say intriguing series, knowing that Cleveland could probably sweep them, or it would be a five game series. But I'd watch because starting lineups aside you know, the, 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 those two teams are very evenly matched when it comes to the starting lineup after that it's it's a clear advantage going to Cleveland but maybe the Knicks but aside from that I just I don't see any series in the East that's somewhat compelling the Knicks I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs the Knicks are I don't think they will there I, I, I don't think they will either. their owner Jim Dolan is the worst. The worst owner in sports? Well, hold on a minute. No, no, no. He's the worst owner in sports. Hold, 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 hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, Dan Snyder still owns his team, right? Dan Snyder at least attempts to make that team competitive. I mean, I guess that's fair, but at the same time, it's the it's the NFL. Like You can make your team competitive without trying to make them competitive. And he honestly hasn't tried to make them competitive, and they've been in playoff contention two out of the last three years. Well, well, three out of the last three seasons, they've been somewhat in the playoff hunt. But yeah, they were they were in it two years ago, and they were. I mean, they had a chance going into the last week this year, or the second to last week this year, and and, and blew that. But no, uh, Dan Snyder, uh, it, Dan Snyder's terrible. Uh, James Dolan's worse. I will because James Dolan has all the money at his disposal he and I'm not saying Dan Snyder doesn't but James Dolan could could just play with the luxury tax like it's like it's it's a dog or like like it's a cat playing with a ball of yarn and he decides to do that but he's give, he he's going to end up giving a max contract to the shell of the former shell that is Derrick Rose. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, like we all know that's coming. He's going to overpay, and 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 remember the 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 floor and the ceiling for the cap, uh, both go up. Uh-huh. Again, it goes it goes up exponentially. So now owners like James Dolan are going to be encouraged to be more stupid. The thing about Dolan is that he has put obviously incompetent people in charge of things they shouldn't be in charge of, like Isaiah Thomas, for instance, 
Uh, and then, uh, by the way, do you feel? Do you think Isaiah Thomas? Because I've heard this rumor. Isaiah Thomas still gives James Dolan advice. I would have no I've trouble believing that. that. I would I, have no I, trouble I, believing that. You tell me I, anybody who's a bad businessman who's getting bad advice, and you told me it was Isaiah Thomas giving it to him. I believe it. Like no, like I, I like uh, like today's uh, like today's uh, Trump press conference. Like oh, that, oh he, no. he, he, consul- he consulted with Isaiah Thomas. I would believe that. I would oh, totally believe God. that. That was that was just bringing, bringing up sexual assault allegations unprompted. Oh yeah, Isaiah Thomas told him to do that. I I would uh, yeah I would believe that. I would believe that one hundred percent. You tell me anybody out there makes a bad PR move or a bad sports decision. You said yes, they were uh, they were uh, advised by Isaiah Thomas. I believe you, even if it wasn't true. I would believe it. I would take that for some face value. I would. And well, you know my favorite, though, right? What's that? He ate a red lobster. He did. Did he ever? <laughs> Love to eat a red lobster. Uh, but th- that Dolan hires bad people, and then when he hires good people, they don't do well. Like he hired Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson is supposed to still be good at this, and I don't know if he's absorbed Dolan's idiocy by osmosis or what it is. But uh, it's clear that Phil Jackson is just kind of collecting a paycheck and and uh, not really in tune with anymore what it takes to build a winning team in the NBA, or he's just got that Dolan stench of failure all over him. So, so that leads me to this question. If you got to root for a team, and, and we can both kind of answer this question, um, because you are a Browns fan. They are owned by Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam, j- 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 here's the thing about Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam is terrible at his job, but... He's at least trying to make an effort. Like you can tell, the man is trying. Well, that's uh, that, that's the thing. Would you rather have a hands-off owner, or would you rather have an owner who's trying but he's not very good at it? I, honestly, give me a hands-off owner because usually that means that my GM or the 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 executives that are helping run the ship hopefully know what they're doing because if you aren't hearing about the owner on a professional sports team chances are one nobody cares about said team or two the people that are in charge are either doing a really good job or a really bad job and it's it's to the point where nobody cares about the owner so I'd rather be the owner that is in the background. If, if, if I need to come out and make a statement, I'll make a statement, but you won't hear from me. You you will rarely hear from me, and if you hear from me, clearly there's something going on. But I'll do whatever it takes to make my team successful. See, there's a little bit of that going on with, uh, with my favorite baseball team, my beloved Colorado Rockies. Uh, their ownership, uh, their owners are uh, a the brothers Dick and Charlie Monfort, okay. uh, who are both uh, Dick Moore in particular, uh, heavily involved with the day-to-day operation of the team. Dick is essentially the team president uh, and has been for the last six or seven years. Um, obviously, uh, the Rockies, if you did not know, they, they don't do a lot of winning, uh, have not in recent no. years. Went to a World Series. It will be 10 years ago. Oh, my Lord. Uh, ten God, years. we're old. 10 years since Rocktober. Jesus. We might have to end the podcast now, man. I just had an existential crisis sitting on my couch. <laughs> 10 years since Rocktober. Holy 
Moses. By the way, one of the worst World Series I've ever seen. You know, that's fine. It was it was non competitive. It sucks. It was it was not competitive in in any way, and uh, I apologize for that. We were all rooting for the Rockies, and then at the end, it was just like, oh. Well, if Cleveland had if Cleveland had held on to that three one lead in the ALCS, the World Series would have started a little sooner. We would have given the Indians the work, and uh, I could never complain again because I would have seen the one thing that I want to see in my life as a sports fan, which is a Rockies World Championship. That is not how it went down. Uh, how it went down instead, of course, uh, was that the Rockies went back to the playoffs two years later and have not been back since. Um, the ownership has gotten a great deal of criticism for this. Uh, the criticism in Denver largely stems from the fact that Denver sports fans think every sport is football. And so that you can just uh. throw your money at every problem and that will make it go away. And that you can go from zero to competitive in the span of one off season. That there is a Peyton Manning signing to be made by every baseball team and that the Rockies not making it is proof that they are cheap. Uh, so that is what the that is the public perception that the Monfort brothers have to fight against. And that's an uphill current, an uphill battle uh, that they have to uh, fight uh, in in terms of the PR battle in Denver. Now, have they made some curious decisions over the years that have kept them uh, mostly mired in mediocrity? Sure they have. They stuck with a general manager in uh, Dan O'Dowd far too long. Uh, They stuck with Walt Weiss far too long. Uh, Or as you call him, Walter. Walter. Walter's gone. Walter's out of my life now. We got Bud Black. I'm excited. Um, Walter's out of my life. I don't miss him. What does Pakoda have uh, the Rockies at this year? 76 wins and rising. Uh, We were at 75 last year. Uh, I think uh, think Pakoda's a little pessimistic, but I think pessimistic Dakota tends to be pessimistic about teams that have a lot of young players who are poised to break break out but haven't yet. See the Royals in 2014, 2015. Or so, did, did you do you see where Pakota had the Royals at this year? Yeah, yeah, I did. Real nice well. season. Yeah, <laughs> real nice. It's a nice season. I had a tweet. I put nice. But screw you, Pakota. Right. That's not nice. Hey, uh, all uh, all polls, all negative polls are fake news, and so that's where that's where we're at with Pakota. Pakota is fake news. Yes, that works. That um, works. Any, anyway, as I uh, as I was saying about the the Moffer brothers, so so their perception is that they are not very good owners, and that may or may not be true. But it's obvious that they care. They want to win very badly. Yeah. I think they have prioritized some of the wrong things. I think that they have put themselves in positions like Dick Monfort shouldn't be the team president of a major league baseball team. He should be out of the way. He should be letting baseball people make baseball decisions. But he can't help himself. He wants to have a, uh, his fingers in the pie. So that's... Do you feel like he's maybe trusted too many people and he's just like, screw this all... No, if anything, he hasn't trusted people enough. I think in the last couple okay. of years, he's finally taken some of the reins off and said, fine, I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let the current general manager, Jeff Breidich, make more of the decisions. I'm going to stay a little further away from... Uh, from making uh, direct personnel decisions, and I think that's been uh, the right thing to do on balance. So I I think that is improvement. But again, it goes back to uh, these owners care. They're not just sitting on their fingers. They're not just – or sitting on their thumbs. They're not just there to make the most profit possible. They're they're trying to run a business, and they're trying to be smart about running their business, but they do want to have the results of fielding a winning team. And – 
for some owners, it doesn't feel that way. And for Dolan, I think it's starting to feel that way that James Dolan just wants to own the Knicks so he can say he owns the Knicks. Just like Dan Snyder, I think, in the end, wants to own Washington slurs to say that he owns the Washington slurs. And like Jeff Loria, just want to own a Major League Baseball team so he can say he owned one. There are owners like that in sports, and to me, those are the worst. Those are the scourge. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can make your team successful and stay out of the way. There's some people that want to be in the owner's box. Jerry Jones, you got to have a shot of Jerry in the owner's box. To me, if you are an owner's box type general manager and your name isn't Robert Kraft or um, I was going to say Brian Sabian, but he's the GM of the uh, Giants. But if, 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 if you aren't Robert Craft or heck, when Jerry Buss was owning the Lakers, or even Genie uh, to some extent, and you weren't doing what you can to make your team successful, get 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 out of the way. Just just get out of the way. Would you rather have a bad owner or a bad coach? Honestly, I can have a bad coach. I'll, I'll be fine with a bad coach because there's plenty of bad coaches who, for one thing or another, get a lot of talent around them, i.e., hello, Scott Brooks. I had no problem with Scott Brooks, but clearly he was getting bailed out of entirely too many situations thanks to Russell and, and Kevin Durant. But, no, give, give me... Give me a, a, a bad coach over a bad owner. Because some bad owners don't realize they're bad owners. They just True. they just aren't good. They just aren't they just aren't good owners. There's some that are just so terrible. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think of like a, a, a an owner who is just like absolutely terrible. Oh, Stan Kroenke. Speaking of terrible owners, <laughs> that is that is a great example. I'm glad you brought him up. He is a bad owner who doesn't seem to realize he's a bad owner. No, Stan Kroenke is just so bad. Uh, but you know, I, I I will say this: Stan Kroenke did one of the smartest things a person could do when it comes to the Jeff Fisher situation what he did is even before he even before he fired Jeff Fisher he he organized that man's buyout perfectly and he people people took it as an extension but if you really looked at it you'd be like oh he just he just worked the buyout he But I feel like in in some cases with Stan, he trusted his GMs and he trusted football people around him to do the job. Like the the whole move to L.A. was completely botched. Uh, Oh, and speaking of terrible owners, Dean Spanos. Oh, man, I missed so much. Wow, we completely glossed over Dean Spanos. Dean Spanos Spanos is going to charge people 200 bucks a game to watch the Chargers in a soccer stadium in a city that doesn't even want them around. The audacity of that man. 
Oh, Dean Spanos is so terrible. Hey, 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 uh, oh God, uh, Stan Kroenke, guess what? You are literally not the worst owner in L.A. now. God, Congratulations. Oh, oh, man, that's going to be such a... And you know what? Props to um, Shelton Adelson, who decided to not help finance the Raiders' move to Las Vegas. Good on him. Because clearly that's that's a that's a bad PR move waiting to happen. How about if the Raiders move to San Diego? I can't think of anything funnier that could possibly I, happen. Honestly, that would be hilarious, but at the same time I I'm not hating the idea because I mean we we're, we're both we we're both born and raised in the AFC West. We've seen those Charger Raider games. Half the stadium is Oakland anyway. Is is, is Raider fans anyway? Valid. Why not? Valid. Uh, I mean, they, they they really need to renovate uh, Jack Murphy Stadium though, or what are they called? Qualcomm. Qualcomm Stadium. You can still call uh-huh. it Jack. You can still call it Jack Murphy, but uh, it's Qualcomm Stadium. Okay. And I believe okay. it has, I believe it has been for two decades now. <laughs> Okay, we'll see. You know, Mama call it Quailcom. I'ma call it Quailcom. Or Daddy, Daddy call it Jack Murphy Stadium. I'ma call it Jack Murphy Stadium. That's fine. You call it what you need to call. It's a dump, is what it is. Oh, it's so bad. It, it might be the worst stadium in the NFL. Oh, it's not even close. Oh, it's man, not it's even so close. Bad. That's why they had to get. I mean, they. I, I totally understood why the Chargers didn't want to play in that in that dump anymore. But. Uh, but now they're going to go play in a soccer stadium for two years, and oh, in, in, a, in, a, in a city so that has made it very clear that they don't care. Like, no, it's so bad. Like, Dan, this is such a bad idea. Oh, it's an atrocious give, idea. Give me, give me a terrible coach, because you know what? I can find a, a coach that's even better. Hey, hey, you give know what? Me a terrible <laughs> owner. I might be screwed. Yeah, you, you know what? You don't have to wait for the terrible coach to die. That's your only hope with a bad owner. You don't have to wait for the bad. You you wait for the bad owner to kick the bucket uh, because he he's not selling because he's in the one of the most exclusive clubs in the world. You have to wait for that person to die. There there is you you don't have to wait for the coach to die. The coach will get fired in three years if he's that bad. But you got to wait for the owner to croak. And that's why, yes, having bad ownership is the worst. And and the worst kind of ownership is the ownership that doesn't know it's bad ownership. Like, Dean Spanos doesn't know what a bad owner he is. Stan Kroenke doesn't really know what a bad owner he is. The owners that try hard, like the Jimmy Haslam's of the world, they don't know how bad they're doing. Now, can some of them become self-aware? Uh, that is literally my only hope as a Colorado Rockies fan. And I have held on to that hope for uh, a couple of years now. But uh, uh, and, and I believe in that hope. Uh, hope is a good thing, and no good thing ever dies. But uh, that's... That's, that's basically where you're at with an owner that they have to undergo like that they're young enough to undergo like a philosophy change or they're old enough that they might die at any second and Jim Dolan is neither Jim Dolan is 61 he's gonna own the he's gonna own the Knicks for another 20 years and they're gonna be gutter garbage the entire time and pick fights with all their old legends you know you know what that whole Oakley scenario needed it needed John Starks coming in from like the the third level like on a 
on a on a rope like a rope line like sting out of the rafters. <laughs> he just comes swinging in, uh, down from Walt Frazier's banner. Yeah, that'd be fun. But you know, I I made the joke, and this is how, okay. I'm you know I'm a diehard '80s, '90s, even '70s NBA nerd. I made a Charles Smith joke on Twitter. Like two people figured it out. I'm like, wow. Nobody really knows the old Charles Smith missed shot narrative. Because I, I said, uh, Charles Smith is going to come in. I mean, it's going to take him a few punches, uh, take him a few misses, <laughs> but he'll finally punch James Dolan. Yeah. <laughs> From close range, he'll miss three times, and then maybe he'll get that yeah. fourth one. See? <laughs> Just maybe. <It's> funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's not funny if you're a Knicks fan, but it is funny. Yeah, that's that that uh, that organization is screwed, and and I still have kind of a soft spot in my heart for Carmelo Anthony, even if I'm now referring to Nikola Jokic as the greatest player to wear number 15 in the history of the Nuggets. <laughs> I still have a bit of a, heart, a soft spot for Melo, um, and it's just not going to happen for him. He's not getting that ring. He's just not getting that ring. He's not getting traded to Cleveland. He's not getting that ring. It's not going to happen for Melo. He's going to have his four Olympic golds. He's going to have the greatest hat collection. And he's going to make the Hall of Fame, but he's not getting that ring. It's not happening. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see him making the Hall of Fame at all. I mean, oh, I, I can see him making the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, Hall, Hall of Fame, absolutely. NBA title. Uh, sorry, um, I, I misspoke there. That was my bad. But no, I, I, I don't. I mean, unless he goes to a team that is ready to compete in the East, but I don't think he wants to go to a another project you know i don't think he wants to go to a team that he wants to win a title absolutely positively right now and honestly you know it's weird i i, I that i think i can see Melo being on the front office for somebody i i can see because i feel like Melo has a smart enough basketball Mello, how, about, how about Melo running the knicks under 80 year old james dolan as the owner Oh God, that's the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> oh, oh no! no. See, I feel bad thing, for I feel speaking like that, that into actually existence. Happen. I feel bad for speaking that into existence. Even I truly do. I I really and truly do. Um, I got nothing else. It's late. We've had some it's recording late. difficulties. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and uh, call it a wrap for episode number 49. This is uh, the 60th episode is coming up, Dan. Yes. Can we uh, get tuxes? Yes, we'll, we'll have some time. Episode? We'll have some time because at this rate, the 50th episode will come out sometime in August. Uh, oh, oh, man. Can't wait. <laughs> but, uh, no, thank you, all for, uh, thank you all for coming back with us. That's uh, around the Haterade Cooler. That's Andrew Hammond. I'm Dan Lucero. We appreciate you listening, whether you listen on SoundCloud or on iTunes. If you subscribe on iTunes, uh, you haven't seen one of these for a while, and then one just showed up, and you were like, what the hell is this? Bam! And uh, I hope that uh, hope you were excited. I hope you enjoyed it. And I uh, hope you'll uh, rock with us because uh, we will. We'll, we'll start uh, bringing you more regular podcasts here uh, in the very near future as uh, as real life uh, stops intervening so harshly. But uh, and, and and this and, and one thing that we we've kind of said between ourselves, but we haven't said publicly, we may do some like in person because normally we do it through Skype. Yeah. But it's possible in the future we may be doing them. From Topeka, it's or from Manhattan. Possible. Yeah, oh. we we may just have to do just that. We, you know, we, I was thinking it would be hilarious if we did a 
live podcast during Selection Sunday. <laughs> that would be. I feel fun. like that would be hilarious. That would be fun. We might have to do something like that. But uh, yeah, we'll absolutely uh, keep on uh, keep on bringing you some uh, some good content here with the podcast. And uh, we thank you for uh, for sticking with us and uh, for listening to episode number forty nine around the Haterade Cooler. For Andrew, I'm Dan, and hate on my friends. <laughs>